Hi, I'm Alex. And I'm Brenda. Welcome to Conversational Counseling, where counseling and discipleship meet. Reality is what God says is reality. We're going to have to bring God's truth, not our truth, not what we say is true, what God says is true. You know, one of the things that um, I think is the biggest danger to good listening and good speaking up is assuming things. I have to be willing to wade in and ask questions and, and kind of open up every part of what they're telling me. Well, Brenda, we're going to say some bad words today. Ooh, I know. Those four-letter words we told our children never to say. Exactly. When, when my nephews were little, they used to say that they were bad words. And two of them were, you don't say stupid mm-hmm. or you ate it. And the third one was, shut up. Oh, shut up. That was a bad Bad, bad, bad word in our home. Bad word, and we're going to say it because (laughs) our three things today are show up, shut up, and speak up. Mm -hmm. We're using it in the best sense of the word, though. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) The biblical sense of shutting up. That's right. We have just absolutely sanctified (laughs) the whole shut up thing. (laughs) That's right. But if you have two and three-year-olds and you're listening, you can turn us down. That's right. That's right. Or put put them to bed and then come back to us. Well, one of the things we want to recognize as we move forward is that our methodology or how we go about ministering to people is as important as our theology, Mm -hmm. what we're saying to people. And um, one of the little phrases that we like to coin is this little word called counselship. And so we like to say that this is where counseling and discipleship intersect. And if we're going to look at what it what it really looks like to one another or to minister, to walk alongside, then we want to do it the Jesus way. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to do it in a way that represents and embodies who Christ is as much as represents and embodies what Christ would say. Right. So a lot of this series has been giving hooks or structures to think about walking alongside someone. And today we're going to talk about what to do when we walk alongside someone or not do, as the case may be. This is true. <laughs> this is true. Well, let's talk about show up. Um, that's the, the first thing. I mean, it just, you know, makes sense. We got to show up. We got to show up. This is the ministry of presence. And I think it's just, um, it's so easy to forget that our presence is important mm-hmm. and that our presence in other people's lives mirrors this beautiful spiritual truth of the incarnation of Christ, that He showed up for us. Um, mm-hmm. I think that it is on the Message Bible that translates John 1 of Jesus became flesh and came to live in our neighborhood. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. That really is. Mm-hmm. Well, and we just see, you know, a pattern in Scripture over and over, starting in the Old Testament and then, you know, going through the New Testament of when God's people are in pain, love propels Him to show up. Mm-hmm. Like He hears the cry of His people and His presence is real and His presence is such a precious promise to us that He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He hears our cries. He knows. And so this is really a way that we embody the ministry of Christ. We can live incarnationally. And um, yeah, and have a pattern of this is what love looks like. We have a good friend of ours, Jerry Leachman, who always says to us, you can fake caring, but you can't fake showing up. Uh-huh, I love that. And Paul and I use that all the time mm-hmm. because even um, you know, even my niece is having, my niece and nephew are having their one-year-old birthday party this weekend. And there was a million reasons, is out of town, why we couldn't go. 
But we just really looked at each other, and we say this all the time. We can fake caring. We can tell them we love them. We can tell them we're so glad they have this child, but we have nothing going on. Mm -hmm. We've never been to their house. We've never been in their world. Or we can be Jesus and show up to their neighborhood Mm -hmm. and bless them. Mm -hmm. And so we're going. And, you know, even just your example there showing showing up is costly. You're making a sacrifice. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah, and probably, you know, for most of us in our culture, that sacrifice a lot of time is just time. Yes. Time is such a precious commodity. And I know that most of the people that I counsel, and you probably could say this as well, we, we don't have any margin. Mm-hmm. It's hard to show up. Now, granted, there are seasons that we're showing up big time in our homes. You know, we've got multiple children, we've got careers, we're in the thick of it. But, you know, I want to take a second and just speak to maybe people that are the empty nesters in my season of life, in mm-hmm. your season of life. And there comes a point oftentimes, now, you know, there are extenuating circumstances where people are moving into that season and there's some hard things. But for, for a lot of us, for the first time in our life, we have some time, money, and resources. <sighs> Breathe, Alex. It's happening. You almost got everybody off payroll. (laughs) We just got everybody off payroll this year. Now we actually have more money. Um, But, you know, this this idea of time, money, and resources to redeploy, it's not, you know, we've been using those things, but they've been deployed in a certain way. And now Paul and I can look around and we're always praying like, Lord, where can we show up? Mm -hmm. Where is it that you want to redeploy us? And it's really easy as we get older to sort of want to sit back and, you know, and just, and, and spend those resources on ourselves because we're tired and we've been doing this a long time. And we and feel like we've earned it. We've earned it. <laughs> it's owed to me. Mm. So the first thing we have to do is show up. And I think you know se- the, some of the, the, gr- the seven greatest words might be, you don't have to walk this alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How many times have you said that to a woman in front of you? Yeah. You don't have to walk this alone. Mm-hmm. And I, I tell you that, I got an email this week from a woman who we said that to in a counseling session, um, my coworker and I, and she just emailed back saying like, I just couldn't believe it. Mm -hmm. Like to know that you were going to enter in with me and you were going to walk this journey out like nobody has ever done that for me. Mm -hmm. And we think, should that be so rare in the Christian church? Right. But too often it is. And you know, it's going to take you to places that you don't want to go. Oh. I mean, maybe physically, like you'd like to be home this weekend yeah. on your couch. <laughs> um, but also emotionally, it's going to take you to places you don't want to go if you're really going to show up for someone. it's yeah. gonna You're going to have to show up emotionally for them. And you may not want to experience that suffering that they're suffering, yeah. that, that they are experiencing. Um, but And the other thing is we have to keep showing up. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is a lot of times it's not the initial show up. Yes. It's easy to show up and go, hey, I'll be praying for you. Here's a gift card to whatever. And, you know, let me know if you need me. Right. And that's not really the kind of showing up we're talking about. We're talking about very intentionality. I'm texting you. Mm-hmm. I'm praying for you. I'm sending you Bible verses. I'm inviting you out for coffee. I'm inviting you into my home. I, I just you know, just as something as simple as somebody knowing that consistently I'm praying for you. Mm-hmm. I know for me, um, there are all these people in the last ten years in all these different locations that know about the struggles we've had, you know, that I've had and that my sons had and our families had. And it is just amazing to me how somebody quote unquote random, will say, Mm -hmm. the Lord put your son on my heart. How's he doing? I'm praying for him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just so sweet to know that even in five years later, that somebody is still praying or or just even to say, like, I've got people who I feel like are more faithful in their prayers for him than I've been. Right. You know, that's just like 
God, you love him and you love me so much. That's mm-hmm. so amazing. So it's sacrifice and commitment to commitment. show up. Yeah, I think that's good. One of my favorite show up stories is my girls were little. I think my oldest was in kindergarten and you know they have the end of the year party. And all the parents show up and we celebrate that you finished kindergarten and they were having a little luau and they're so excited. And one of the ways that pain was really difficult for me is that I would wake up every morning and not know how I was going to be able to function that day. Mm. And sometimes I had limited functioning and sometimes I had no functioning at all, Mm. which meant that I would get up and everything would just lock up in my back and my hips and I would literally be back in bed and that would be a two or three day Mm. ordeal. And so this was one of those mornings where I thought that I was going to the kindergarten luau and uh, got my daughter off to school and everything locked up and I found myself back in the bed. Mm. And I was really, really sad because it was just another one of those things that I was missing. And in addition to that, I was back in my bedroom in the bed and um, I had an oven that had a short in it. And the short meant that at random times it would beep and it would not stop beeping. Oh, goodness. And the beeping was the straw that broke. The, I mean, I was losing oh. my mind, laying in the bed, grieving, and the beeping starts. And I know, like, it, I know how to turn it off, but I know it is not going off until I go out there and push the button, and I can't do it. And so I call my neighbor, who's a good friend of mine, who has shown up for me many times. And, um, and I say, Kathy, can you please come and turn my oven off? And she knew exactly what I meant. I said, I'm in the bed and I can't get out. And so she came up and turned the oven off, blessed relief. Mm. But she didn't stop there. She came and literally crawled in bed with me and held my hand. And we cried together because she knew. It's beautiful. Yes. She had a kindergartner. She was going to the luau that day and she knew exactly what it felt like to not be able to do for your children the way you want to. And I will never forget. Mm. I don't think, I couldn't tell you one single word she said. Mm. I don't even know if she spoke, but she laid down in my bed and cried with me. And that is what I needed that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that really makes me also think that so often the places that God might call us to be very present and show up are places that we have experienced great pain. Mm-hmm. And there is something about somebody showing up that understands your pain. Mm-hmm. And I think many times we can kind of hide our suffering um, story or our sin struggle because of you know shame or guilt or fear or whatever. But oftentimes, that is the very, very thing that makes our presence so powerful. So we actually know how to minister to that person. So here's this mom coming in your bedroom who knows what you're feeling. She is empathetic. Mm -hmm. And she can truly weep with you. Because Mm -hmm. if she she were experiencing that, she would know what it's like. And I find that oftentimes that... In my own life, I, I feel like those are kind of the kind of people I tend to check in on mm-hmm. that I will go the long haul with even more because there is something like I understand the struggle and how hard it is. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord is always putting these people on my heart and my mind mm-hmm. to walk with them. But yeah. that's really good. Well, let's talk about the four-letter word with the up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> let's talk about what we mean when we say shut up, Alex. Well, I think when we talk about methodology and walking with someone and discipleship and counseling, we tend to think, what am I going to say? 
and mm-hmm. we go there first. And so we're trying to slow that down. Obviously, we're talking about being with somebody, showing up with them. And then we're saying that we don't speak first, mm-hmm. that we show up for them, and then we shut up and we listen. And we mm-hmm. listen really well. And it is hard to listen well. I remember when I first started counseling, I think for at least the first five years, my regular prayer, I, I weekly prayed the Proverbs verse about um, the purposes of a man's heart are deep well, yeah. and just realizing that um, I needed to, that deepness, that depth of person required me to learn to lean in and mm-hmm. listen well and to really know another person's story well. Someone said that we should listen so well that when we do get the opportunity to speak, we tell another person's story and they say, oh, you, you got me, like that's mm-hmm. me. And that takes a lot of listening. Mm. Yeah, I've got a great example of that. So um, I just remember this one one time, I was really, really, really struggling with my son's rebellion. And um, I showed up to the house of two girlfriends and I was just unloading on them and just bearing my soul. But the whole time I was beating myself up. Why wasn't I a better mother? How come I couldn't do more? What more could I do? Why are we back in this place again? Mm. What did we do wrong? And I'll never forget one of the dear saints, friends of mine looked at me and said, Brenda, you're grieving. Mm. And Alex, I didn't know I was grieving. Mm-hmm. But she had taken the time to listen. And at the very, very end of me weeping, of me cursing, of me crying, of me crying out to the Lord, I mean, all of it, I was in such anguish of soul um, because my heart was broken, Mm -hmm. but I couldn't even recognize it as grief Mm -hmm. because all I could kept, I just kept fixating on what was I doing wrong and why were there no changes? And, Mm -hmm. you know, it was just, it was just all this condemnation and this desire to think it was up to me to make things right. And so, um, so often, like you said, it's it, there's a part of when we unburden ourselves to someone else, like they can even feel something that we might not recognize it. And mm-hmm. when they give words to it, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. because the Bible says that a foolish son brings grief to his mother. Mm-hmm. And I was literally walking that out in that moment. Mm-hmm. But she wouldn't have known that if she hadn't really listened to me the entire time and let me even vent, let mm-hmm. my wind words fly. Yes. She would have just been like rebuking me. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't talk to God that way. Mm-hmm. And why do you feel that way? And blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. you know, but she didn't. And that was so beautiful. And honestly, that was such a turning point mm-hmm. in the whole big picture of how I began to wrestle um, with the struggle with myself. Because you know it had been so much about me, honestly, and what I could do and what I hadn't done, as opposed to just the the sadness of my heart and the sadness of God's heart for me and my child. Right. You You said, "Let your wind words fly." I think we should um, mention what that is. (laughs) This is a reference to the book of Job when he says that you know these are words for the wind, and that there are what a what a friend does who listens well is recognizes that there are things that just need to be blown away. That's right. They are coming out of great grief and great sorrow. That's right. And um, and again, it takes wise listening to know what needs to just be blown away. That's right. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, you can just crush someone. We've all been there where we've been so hurt or so angry or so frustrated, you know, and just we're, you know, we're just talking, talking. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just, there's just fleshly talk coming, and mm-hmm. we're just venting. 
And um, and we really just need somebody wise enough to go like, I don't need to stop and rebuke you on that. That's mm-hmm. not the issue here mm-hmm. today. The issue is, is like you are in pain mm-hmm. or you are frustrated. Like there's something more going on. And that identifying with emotion is empathy. <laughs> yeah. And so there's skills that go along with empathy. You know, real empathy is saying to someone, what's it like to walk in your shoes? Mm-hmm. And what, what are you feeling? And I want to feel it with you. And there is skill. And like we said, methodology that goes along with that. And we're going to keep touching on that as we develop um, these podcasts. And we'll probably even do a series on listening because there are um, tricks and tools that we can use to help us become good listeners. Mm -hmm. So that's coming. Yeah, that's good. Well, I was thinking my daughter and my son-in-law are moving into their new house. And I was thinking about sort of this idea of listening and then asking questions and just how they had to load all their boxes up and they had to unload their boxes, but they didn't unpack them. Mm-hmm. Like they unloaded their boxes first, then they unpacked their boxes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And sort of this idea that listening is that idea of allowing somebody to unload the boxes. Yeah, I like that. I like <laughs> oh, the picture. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Wow, that was good, wasn't it? <laughs> Holy Spirit inspired. No doubt, I'm not so And clever. it feels so good. <clears throat> like we, when we've been listened to well, we have an experience of feeling understood. I'm feeling just feeling loved. I mean, I can think of people in my life who are good listeners and how I want to be around them. And um, we talked about that right brain to right brain experience that there really is like this connection Mm -hmm. through listening when we really feel like someone has um, sacrificed the time, Mm -hmm. the energy, the emotion, the effort Mm -hmm. to listen well. So the last thing I want to convey is that this is a passive experience. When you are unloading the box into your daughter's house, it was not passive. That's right. It took a lot of effort. Yeah. And so it's an active experience that we need to grow in and we need to grow in mm-hmm. um, in our skill in yeah. listening. I have to admit one thing, maybe confession is good for the soul, but I laugh because years ago uh, I was in a counseling class for marriage and family and the assignment was the speaker-listener technique you know that one? Mm-hmm. You know, it's where the idea of talking stick came from, and people say that a lot, but they may not know. It comes from this technique called speaker-listener. And in the technique, you have to, um, you know, tackle a problem, hopefully one that's not too emotional, and you, um, you, the first person talks, and um, the second person rephrases back to them, and mm-hmm. then the first person gets to clarify until they feel heard, and then the second person gets to make their point, and you repeat the process. And so we have to practice practice this technique with a partner, and we have to write up our experience. And so I'm pretty convinced that between me and my husband, I am going to be the better listener because, of course, I listen for a living. (laughs) I'm a counselor. So we sit down in our bedroom one day, and we decide to tackle what we're going to do that week. And we had some scheduling conflicts and how we're going to do it. And there was some wrestling that we knew was involved. And and we begin to do the technique. And I make my point, And he says it back to me until I say yes. You know, I clarify. And we get to, okay, he understands my point. Now, Mason, it's your turn to make your point. And he says his point, And I have no idea what he said. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> and we go through the whole technique. And I realize over and over and over again, that I am thinking about what yep. I have to, what I want to say next, because mm. I have some really good points right? to make, and I am not listening to him. And by the end, he is laughing, and I am 
so embarrassed. And I have to admit, of course, to my professor that I am not a good listener. And it just really proved to me that I thought I had skill that I didn't. And it proved to me that just because I have a skill maybe in one area, like in my office, I don't always bring that home and, and, and sacrifice for my family to listen the way I should. And that I needed to slow down and learn to listen to the people I loved. Yes, that's so good. And I like what you said. Sometimes it seems this a lot easier to make sacrifice and commitment out there than it is in here. And by I mean like out in the world versus in our intimate Mm -hmm. relationships. And I really need, you know, just to go back to this idea of margin. I mean, one of the things that we see in counseling so often is people don't have time, even in their own families, to show up and listen. Right. And so immediately, it's what's expedient. You know, we, we got to get things done. And so never mind that you're hurt or that you're in distress or whatever. Like, come on, I'm just going to tell you what to do. I'm going to speak up. Right. And I just look back at my parenting, and I just wonder how different an experience it would have been for my children if I had taken more time to show up, just in presence, just lay down next to them, put my arms around them, kiss their foreheads, like just do that, and then really, really listened not listening so I could figure out what I was going to say and why my way was going to be right and why they needed, but just truly just listening to their experience, to their feelings, to their thinking, mm-hmm. and then carefully and wisely enter into speaking. And I really think a lot of what just prohibits that is we live life in just mock speed. So fast. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I, you know, it was so funny. I was in a class one time in my um in, when I was going through school and the professor was talking about how we were made to monotask. Mm. You know, this one thing, oh. you know, this whole idea of just monotasking. Of You're coming the Lord way your too God. close, Brenda. <laughs> <laughs> and I want you to know, it just hit me upside the head. I was like, wait, I thought the whole key was to be able to multitask uh-huh. as many possible things as I could in my life. And it was very convicting because if I can't do this one thing, because mm-hmm. I was really made first to monotask. Yes. And then figure out where the multitasking priorities come in. Oh, yeah, I know. It's so I love efficiency, and it is hard to let efficiency die because it is not efficient to slow down yeah. and show up for someone and listen to them. No, it's not efficient, Mm-mm, is it? It's not and man, efficient. we live in a productivity-oriented society. I mean, it comes from us at all. So, I mean, naturally, I think we have a bent, a sinful bent toward productivity, toward mm-hmm. work, work, doing the work, right? So we can get the approval. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, or the feeling of accomplishment. And then just culturally, we're just in a cultural setting where it's all about productivity and where we are driven. Mm-hmm. We are driven from the outside. We are driven from the inside. Mm-hmm. And so that is that is not God's kingdom ethic. Driving is not His kingdom mm-hmm. ethic. Loving, shepherding, guiding, caressing, encouraging. Like that is where the Lord lands. I love that because it, it just reminds me that um, if we don't create margin in our day, we are going to view people as interruptions. That's right. Mm-hmm. Oh, and our husband and our children will be the first line if we're married. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, how often have I just thought, you know, I've got to get this done. Why are you talking to me? It's like, oh, because you, this is actually the interruption to me doing what God's called me to do, not talking to you right now. Um, yeah, so margin is going to be, I think, a real big part of our, it's interesting, like margin for our methodology. Mm-hmm. Like we have to have that. Mm-hmm. Is that tweetable? Yeah. Margin for <laughs> I'm sort our of methodology. fixated on this thing now. <laughs> I love that because you do, do you have a Twitter account? No. <laughs> 
but it sounds so kind of cool. <laughs> to act like I know what that. I'm talking about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, we're going to show up, we're going to shut up, yeah. and then we're going to speak, speak up. up. So yeah. Dietrich Bonhoeffer has this beautiful quote, we should listen with the ears of God that we may speak the word of God. Mm. So there's a place to speak. Yeah. And I think it's really important because what we don't want to be is we're not, you know, Rogerian in the way we think about counseling. We don't sit with people and ask them a ton of questions and week after week and month after month and year after year, they just pour out their hearts to us in hopes that they will find in their inner being mm-hmm. <laughs> through the universe, I don't know, some some measure of truth or happiness. Like we realize there is an objective truth mm-hmm. and there is the reality. Reality is what God says is reality. Mm-hmm. Truth is His reality. And so, so often if, if a person is believing lies, if a person is struggling in certain areas, we're going to have to bring truth, God's truth, not our truth, not what we say is true, what God says is true. Mm-hmm. I always say there's only one thing that matters. It really doesn't matter what you think, Alex. It really doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what Malia and Zachary, who are in the room with us, think. It really only matters what God thinks. Mm-hmm. And you know, in a really, really, of course, loving way and going through this process, that's what we're wanting to bring is the truth, because it is the truth that is going to set people free. Mm-hmm. From you know condemnation, um, give them hope for the future. I mean, we want to make sure that we're standing in truth and that we're speaking truth to people. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I think we need to remember <laughs> is that if we are going to understand where people are believing lies or where their story is not lining up with God's story, we're going to have to ask good questions to get to that point. We're That's really right. going to have to understand <clears throat> them. You know, one of the things that um, I think is the biggest danger to good listening and good speaking up is assuming things. Oh. Yeah. We talk to people and we hear them say things and we make assumptions. Yep. We define a word that they say yes. the, uh, and we, it, we have a different definition. And so oftentimes I have to stop people and say, okay, what do you mean by bipolar? Because yep. I might be thinking the DSM definition and you might be thinking something completely right. different. <laughs> you know, what do you mean by harsh? Yeah. So I can't assume what someone is saying. I have to be willing to wade in and ask questions and, and kind of open up every part of what they're telling me. Yeah, and I know you had talked about in a, you know, maybe an upcoming podcast, we've talked about doing listening and asking questions and really delving into those two skills with methodology. I think that asking questions is actually the hardest part Mm -hmm. of meeting with people. Would you agree? Yeah, I do think it is because we can, there are there are questions. First of all, there are a thousand different ways you can go right, right. with questions. And so you can become completely overwhelmed yes. with all the different places you can go. So there is a sense of what if I choose this path and I should have gone down this path? And you can kind of become paralyzed by that. Yes. And then secondly, you want the questions that you're asking to be helpful right. and not just to satisfy your own curiosity. Because because you can get drawn into a person's mm-hmm. story and be like, well, you never told me about that friend. Tell me more. And mm-hmm. that may be great information, but it may not be helpful or pertinent to mm-hmm. what the person is bringing to you on that given day. And so you, you have a sense that a good question takes people deeper into where they want to go and to mm-hmm. what they're experiencing. Mm-hmm. Where the Holy Spirit's leading. Yes, and not where your curiosity may be yeah. taking you. I think another thing about questions that can be hard is, is you don't want to be hurtful. Right. Um, to me, so much of like the kind of the skill of asking questions is that the question may hurt someone, mm-hmm. but 
I don't want the the words or the framing or the tone of the question. In other words, sometimes we ask hard questions mm-hmm. because life is hard. Problems yeah. are hard, right? Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> and we can't shy away from hard questions, but at the same time we don't want to be harsh, I guess, instead of hard. We don't want to come across as harsh. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times we can be reticent to even ask any question then because we don't want to be taken the wrong way. We don't want to offend somebody. We don't want to hurt someone. Mm-hmm. But Jesus asked really good questions and he asked pointed questions. And sometimes I've even read his questions and gone, oh, oh mm-hmm. you know, I would have said that like back door, mm-hmm. you know, and he just goes straight through the front door. And mm-hmm. sometimes he goes back door too. But I, I think that's again where we have to really rely on the Holy Spirit. Um, we're not pushing past where the Holy Spirit wants to lead someone, where he's already taking them. Like you mm-hmm. said, we're we're trying to drive to where the Lord is leading this person. Like what is the next place of discovery and change they need or change in mm-hmm. comfort that that God is that they are seeking from the Lord, and that's where we want to take them. So I think in an upcoming podcast, we'll have some more practical tools of some ways to think about asking questions and some ways, and just some specific questions to ask and maybe some things not to ask. Mm -hmm. So one of the things you just said was um, Jesus sometimes went through the front door and sometimes He went through the back door. And it made me think that there are, we, we, we are reading a person if we're listening well, and we're we're trying to figure out what they can handle. Yeah. Like how deep do they want to go? How much do they want to reveal of themselves? And I think about so many of the women that we talked to have had very traumatic experiences. Mm-hmm. And so often we we put a question out there and a question is not a demand. You know, for information, a question is an invitation That's to right. share more of yourself. And so we we say things like, um, "Do you feel comfortable talking a little bit more about your relationship with your mother and what that was like?" You know, and so we 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 do often once there is deep hurt, mm-hmm. trauma, and abuse, we we have to gently. Um, explore whether someone's ready for the questions that we have. And I think that's what Proverbs is really getting at. Okay, the, we didn't finish the verse. The purposes of a man's heart are deep waters. A man of understanding draws them out. Yeah. And if we barge into places that people are not ready to go, yeah. we are not being kind. We are not being loving and gentle as Jesus is. And we're not showing a great understanding of the depth of hurt that the person is experiencing. So yeah. questions are... A big deal. They really are. And that just takes us right back around, though, because it's going to take showing up, shutting up, and then speaking up. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's not going to be probably a one-time conversation. Oftentimes, Mm -hmm. it's going to be multiple conversations. And it's going to be sort of this, I got to show up again. Mm -hmm. So there's got to be sacrifice and commitment. I'm going to have to shut up again. I'm going to have to listen well. And then wisely enter in to speak up. And when you were talking about, you know, we, we start framing things in our mind you know, to have like the argument or our points or even just to have good, godly, wise counsel because we want to encourage someone. But really, like if we're going to be true to the moment, we need to hear what somebody says and then speak into that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think, well, you don't know, you, when you meet with somebody, you're like, well, I don't know what to say. Well, right, because you haven't heard them. Right. And I found so often, you know, I've been, when I've read maybe over somebody's paperwork that they're coming to counseling, I'm like, I have no idea what to tell this person. Right. Lord, I just have no idea. Like, I, I don't even understand. And then I'm just reminded, well, of course you don't. You haven't even spoken with them. Like, mm-hmm. you're trying to come up with an answer when you've not even in, showed up or shut up yet. Yeah. So entering in to that space and then just beginning to care deeply, to commit to walk with them to listen until we feel that same emotional kind of like, yes, I'm understanding, I'm hearing you, I'm feeling you, that empathy. 
And then, lo and behold, something very supernatural happens, Alex. The Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit begins to remind me of Scripture and parables and narratives and my own experience where Mm -hmm. it's appropriate. Mm-hmm. Or the experience of another person, like mm-hmm. it, you know, making connections that you kind of then walk away and go, I couldn't have prepared it like that. Right. There's no, if I had prepared ahead of time, there's no way it would have come out like that. Like that really took just being in the moment mm-hmm. and, and being trans- in the spirit. And being in the, that's right. Thank you. Being in the moment and being in the spirit. Yeah. As there's a verse in Isaiah, and I don't remember the reference, but it talks about um, the spirit of wisdom and understanding. Yes. And he does not judge by what his eyes see or, or by what his ears hear. And I think about that verse so often that the spirit, that I don't need to judge by what my eyes see often or what my ears hear, but what the spirit of wisdom and understanding is showing me in that moment. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, Brenda, at the end of the day, and I know you felt this way too, we wouldn't be here encouraging people to get involved in people's lives, and we wouldn't be doing the work that we were doing if we didn't wholeheartedly believe that the Holy Spirit was in charge of this, because the weight of it would yep. be so great that I would not sleep at night. Amen. Right, Because again, we're making all these decisions of how to show up and which questions to ask and then how to speak when it's time to speak. Like I I say to people, I make thousands of decisions a day. And sometimes in any one counseling session or lunch with a friend, I've made a hundred decisions because my mind's going so many different places. And if I didn't, if I couldn't lay my head on the pillow at night and say, Holy Spirit, you are in charge of that. Like, yeah. that was your work. Yeah. I, I already have trouble sleeping, but I would never sleep. <laughs> yeah, I think that's such a great point because that very same person could sit with me at lunch and the Lord, the Holy Spirit might lead me in a whole different direction. In fact, in co-counseling, sometimes one person will meet, another person will meet, mm-hmm. and we'll go in different directions. But literally on the same day, the same person with the same issue could sit with you and I, and we might have a completely different conversation, but that's Spirit-led. Right. And would be helpful to that person. Mm-hmm. And so that's the beauty of it. It's not like a script that we're trying to teach here. Right. You know, it's not mm-hmm. like, okay, when, when this happens. But we will say this, as we go along, one of our desires is to be topical mm-hmm. in, in some of in some of the, the training that we want to do. So we're going to touch on, you know, the issues of fear and anger and depression and anxiety and idolatry and, and all these kind of issues, suffering issues, specific suffering issues. Um, and so it is good and wise for us to know at least some of what, we'll never get to all of what the scripture says about these things, but to have frameworks mm-hmm. and to have some hooks and mm-hmm. to have some handles mm-hmm. that will be really simple and digestible, easily metabolized. So again, you can take it in for yourself and now you're able to help other people as well. Yeah, so that's one of the reasons why we wanted to do this podcast in this season was really to say both things at the same time and to hold this intention of like, you can today show up, shut up, and speak up in someone's life. That's right. With the knowledge you have and the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. indwelling you. And you can learn greater skill in showing up and shutting up and speaking up. That's right. And we hope that um, partly uh, what we'll be able to do here is give you those resources and help um, talk about those skills. So, Live in that tension, you know, it's exciting, it's scary, it's an adventure, but it is life with the Spirit. Yeah, it is. All right, well, I think that's all the time we have today, Alex. So thanks so much, and we hope this has been helpful. Sometimes I think you hesitate to say the way you really feel Like there's no way that I could understand where you Come from
to A Lot Like Me by Jill Phillips. For visuals and discussion questions for this podcast, sign up at knownministries.org. As we learn better together, we'd love for you to share this podcast with others and gather to discuss it. If you take a moment to like, follow, subscribe, and rate this podcast, it'll help tremendously. We'd love to connect on social at Known Ministries. This podcast is made possible by engineer and producer Zachary Tate Smith, executive producer Malia Smith, and generous donors. The information presented is for the enjoyment of all and is not intended as either medical advice or counseling, nor is it specific to any particular individual. It is not intended to replace counseling, medical care, or professional advice. Please contact 911 if you are having an emergency.